When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. is about to see your talent. John Elmore, congratulations. The next time you will see the Marshall Thundering Herd will be in the NCAA tournament. Congratulations once again. You know, John uh, Anderson was kind of misty Friday night uh, after they'd won that game, even though they beat Canisius 10-1, to that there were 20... 300 That's people there. A proud because moment, yes. Eight and a half million. It's a boutique ballpark. You've been there. It's a boutique mm-hmm. ballpark. But now that they got the Glenn Perkins Family Performance Center, the hitting facility, it's all they need, really. They don't have locker or clubhouses, but so what? You know, they got them right next door. And, mm-hmm. uh, and John was, you know, this is what he'd hoped for. And then he, you know, and then, of course, it only got better as the weekend progressed. Well, I'm kind of feeling the same way with today's sports person of the day. You know, John feels an ownership for Siebert Field, and he should. He raised seven and a half of the eight and a half million. I feel ownership now that Jamie Erdahl has uh, moved up at CBS Sports to be the top college football sideline reporter because CBS is big. Prize is the Southeastern Conference, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, you watch. Well, that's Jamie, the Golden Goose. Jamie Erdahl has been promoted to be the package's sideline reporter. She's and and by the way, she's replacing uh, Allie LaForce, and Allie LaForce is well known, right, mm-hmm. nationally. She's yes. a star. Jamie's a s- rising star. She's going to be a star now that she's doing this, and of course. For her, she started, she played basketball at St. Olaf for two years, right? Mm-hmm. And she was good. And then she decided, ah, there was going to be more to life than basketball. And she went out to American University and got in the communications department with an eye, eye on getting into the broadcast yeah. media. And right after her senior year at American, she came to work here at KSTP. Our fifteen, or we were fifteen hundred. Yes, ESPN we were. We had already. just launched. Yes, yes. And she was our summer intern with full responsibility for making sure that we sent out the sports person of the day certificates. Now I gotta admit, she left a little early in July because she didn't think we were taking full advantage of her talents. But I could feel the emotion. <laughs> 
when I tweeted her out today that tell to tell her that because of her promotion to CBS's main collegiate football sideline reporter, she was Joe and Pat's sports person That's of the right. day. Absolutely. She was uh, very upset. She uh, And she said in response on Twitter that she'd always dreamed this day would come, but she did not know it would be possible. Now, in my favorite memory of those of those glory days of sports person yes. of the day was one time in that very studio where we always, or uh, excuse me, that producer's room where we always get ready for the broadcast, she was on Google. Because uh-huh. Joe, I believe, had picked some <laughs> soccer player in the middle of Bolivia yes. or whatever it was. Trying to find an address and for she, Bolivia. And she was, see, she worked hard at it. She tried to find addresses. Remember because she, when you were our sports person of the day, we just gave her the name. Yes. And it was up to her to get the certificate to them. And she looked at me and said, how do I even bleeping know if this guy <laughs> has an address? <laughs> oh, it was great. Well, and of course, the sports person of the day started when, uh, was that when uh, Joe and I were trying to fill two hours? Yes, it was, sir. Two to four? <laughs> yeah, that was hard work. And uh, so <laughs> it started off, I believe the three o'clock hour was Joe would select his sports That's person. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then I'd select mine. And then after a while... Joe said, "Why don't you just select one sports person of the day?" So, well, no, 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 you're missing a crucial uh, moment in between that, okay. where he said, "Reavers, you got one blue." <laughs> oh, find your sports. Find me a sports, sports person, person of the, of the day. day. Okay, I said, "All right, I can." Okay. Well, anyway, see, because this wasn't an easy job when she first started. No, we had two. That's right. She had to find two. Then we went to one. Then they disappeared. But would they've come back now, what, six months ago, maybe four months ago? Oh, it's been ago? longer than that, hasn't yeah. it? No, not, not that long okay, ago. Okay, maybe. No. We but this from, is the renaissance. We, we went from the five at five to the three at five. Yep. And now we got the sports person oh, today. We got, wait, <laughs> roughly around five. So we went from the five at five down to the three at five, then bleep it, one at five. <laughs> one at Q&A five. Q&A to three technique to sports person. Three technique, yeah. that's right. That's three right. Technique. And before that was but, quotes, notes, and anecdotes. Yep. Anecdotes, so that was five. Yeah. But <laughs> what we decided was we wanted to make it a greater distinction. Absolutely, right? yes. And uh, to have the person who was so involved in the start of the sports person, the Joe and Pat sports person of the day, to end up receiving it because of the fine spark we gave to her career Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in uh, television journalism, sports television journalism is fantastic. It's really a dream that all of us should be looking forward to. Manny, myself, I mean, that's a big, big honor. How long ago was it? 10? 11? Uh, yeah, 2010, 2011. This before I got here. Who knows where you guys will be in six years? You know, having this training you're having here what right now. What do you mean, now. you guys? <laughs> I think you mean all of us, don't you? Yeah, right. And don't you mean six months? <laughs> no, I mean, you're all on the right. rise. You got to look ahead. You got to use Jamie Erdahl as an inspiration. And Patrick, you guys, when you ordered these certificates, you ordered enough to last a lifetime. <laughs> they came I... in a giant box and they finally all got thrown away. <laughs> so there's not, we don't even have one left in the building. There isn't one that we can send to Jamie. No. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, congratulations, Jamie Erdahl, today's Sports Person of the Day. Next, quarterback. As you can tell, we need some quarterbacks coming in here. 
Well, we got one. Uh, Vic Veramontes. This guy's unbelievable. When you talk about a leader who commands the huddle, commands his team, this guy is exactly that. His film makes you say, wow. Wow. And it's a long, long tape. Not just a highlight tape, but everything else he does in terms of his game tape. And uh, this kid's a connector. You're really going to see that when he gets here. Very, very excited to get Vic in our program. And very excited to announce him as part of our signing class. To grow, you must fail. <laughs> you know, I had only read that quote. You have That's to, how good you, Manny Hill is. You have to, No, you have to hear it to realize <laughs> how yeah. uh, foolish it I, seems I thought today. you would love that. I thought it it'd be great today. for you. Don't uh, lose that one right now. Oh, no, that one's being saved Andy right now. Andy Greeter covers Gophers football for the Pioneer Press. I don't think there's any shock here if you were, I I was not there, but everyone who attended the spring game uh, saw poor old Vic, uh, what, trying to throw three passes and uh, fumbling twice. But the the embarrassment here is the buildup that he was given. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, you got to look back at, at where things were in the recruiting class. I mean, they parted ways with Brennan Armstrong in the middle of last fall and had to kind of look at different options for quarterbacks. So it wasn't someone they had, Vic wasn't someone that they had set out to try to get. So it was kind of in the middle of the stream where they kind of changed course and, and went for Vic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was the number one rated Juco quarterback coming out. And, you know, he had 40, more than 40 some touchdowns and a lot of running highlights. And, and uh, yeah, and you played the clip that, that BJ had at signing day. I mean, he was very verbose praise for for Vic and you know it was very short-lived I see it kind of end as quickly as it did I mean in January and uh was gone by the end of the semester I think it was pretty shocking to see that he didn't give it a shot kind of through the year because so many things can change at that position and yeah and he wasn't out of the race but uh to see him change that quickly was surprising well he's uh, had some happy feet as a kid uh he, he, he... I yeah. the the word is that he he made a couple visits to Michigan and he was offered, but I'd heard that he also was offered to for a position change. He wasn't going to be a quarterback there, so he went to Cal. And did he did he hang in at Cal a little while, or did he? Because he never played, but did he hang in at Cal? Well, they had a, a coaching change. He was he came in under I think Sonny Dykes, and mm-hmm. they went to Justin Wilcox. So it was a coach change, and he felt like he was kind of the odd man out in that situation. Uh, so yeah, he's he's moved around quite a bit, so he's gotten used to it and and hasn't burned much eligibility in Minnesota. So, so you know he'll get a chance now if he goes back. So he played one year at Riverside. There's one year of eligibility, and now he's going to go back and try to be a linebacker. So he'd still have if he could if he could impress anybody, he could uh, have two years, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it would be. I mean, you could see some warning signs with Vic before the game. There was one practice that was open to the media at a two-minute and, and Tanner Morgan had the poise and wherewithal to manufacture first down and the calm and comfort in the pocket. And, and uh, Zach said took his shots and uh, kind of we're going to manage the offense. We're gonna hey, uh, Vic got Hey, hey, Andy, find a spot that we can hear you a little better, okay, way, and then right. stay there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I apologize. No, I'm not really getting good. Uh, good. Uh, say hello to me. Hello, yep. Can you hear uh, me now? Right there is good. Stay okay, right there. Right. Wherever you are, stay right there. All right. So. All right. So anyway, uh, this Annex dead kid, they like him, huh? 
Yeah, they do. I mean, he kind of rose up the depth chart kind of ahead ahead of Vic, and I think that kind of exacerbated the decision based on the people that I talked to is Vic looked at his spot on the depth chart at number three and, and kind of was like, well, where's my opportunity going to come here? And, and Zach was a guy who, who was the starting quarterback at IMG Academy who rose ahead against uh, a guy who is now on scholarship at Rutgers. And as he had a strong senior year, he got scholarship offers from Cincinnati and Illinois and, and a couple others and, and stayed true to his walk-on uh, commitment to Minnesota. His brother's a wide receiver here. His dad you know, has a has a has a background uh, playing as well, and he's got Minnesota ties. Uh, so his rise up the depth chart, you know, put in the situation where Seth Green moved to tight end, and also set the course down the road for Vic to leave as well. And uh, you know, now that they have an open scholarship, they might be able to come up with some uh, goofy gimmick to offer it to Anikstead here, or maybe. Uh printed on a football as he takes a snap or something like that pj well, likes to do those things yeah as as pj showed at the at the spring game with sam renner giving him a scholarship during the middle of that i mean he will pull out any bag of trick to kind of give it uh any unique way and really make it memorable and yeah for sure as as the backup quarterback on the kind of still fluid depth chart right now, he's certainly a number one candidate to get a scholarship. Yeah. And they they cannot, uh, I don't know uh, if the original plan was to have the Juco guy and Tanner Morgan play quarterback and let Annex dead redshirt, but uh, unless they bring somebody else in, uh, you can't redshirt a backup quarterback for an entire year, I wouldn't think. No, not unless you know Tanner Morgan you know miraculously plays every snap and, and kind of is able to stay healthy throughout the way and not have any sort of issues. But yeah, I mean, you would imagine that there would be some sort of circumstance where both of these guys play. I mean, you got to remember that neither of them have completed a pass uh, in college football. So, you know, I, as PJ showed last year, with guys that he doesn't have any experience with, he's willing to throw them out there and give them some experience, especially early on when you think, okay, we'll be able to beat New Mexico State, they'll be able to beat Fresno State, and, and kind of be able to get their feet wet and get some experience under the belt before the Big Ten season starts. Why did he that? What was that word on that Brennan Armstrong? Why did he bail? Well, you know there was some some issues with a party that he went to uh, when he was uh, in Ohio, and they didn't feel like maybe he was completely forthcoming about that, and uh, that was one of the major reasons why they left him. So, so he went to uh, Kevin Seifert's, Seifert's alma mater, Virginia, where they don't have any standards. I take it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's about. So, anyway, th- this is kind of an embarrassing. It's not an. As a, it doesn't have any impact on uh, on this fall, but it is kind of an embarrassment to give that much uh, uh, BS about a kid and then have him bail out this quick. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think what was interesting is, you know, he didn't really have the the processing of the playbook. He didn't have the decision-making, and I think there were things that they found out once they got him here. When he was at Riverside, you know, he was able to make plays, and he had you know, positive highlight tapes and positive reviews from his JUCO coach. But once they got him here, he you know, lacked the ability to kind of uh, stick his nose in the playbook and learn what was going on and process things. And that, that was a few things that I heard, is that you know, he didn't have the decision-making process and wasn't you know able to kind of get in the playbook to be able to turn it around. So some of it was what they learned in spring too. Hey, the two big uh, uh, offensive linemen from uh, uh, IMG. Uh, yeah. One of them's hurt, and the other one's okay. 
Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if either of them are hurt. I mean, I haven't. One of them, they, I, I read, okay. that was banged up a little bit. But, uh, but, he's, but yeah, well, we'll, well, Curtis, well, Dunlap, Curtis Dunlap missed a little bit of time in Springs. I think that was the one that okay. I think you're referring to. But, but, yeah, both of those guys are, are too big, and I'd imagine that they're working to try and sell those pounds off those guys. Is he going uh, play? Is he going to play freshman lineman or not? You know what? It, it sounded like he was going to initially, and then kind of he's kind of backed off. And I think we'll kind of make that decision as as fall camp comes in here. You know, those guys were on two deeps, uh, so if they're able to kind of find a way to have other guys rise up and and be able to keep those red shirts on them. He certainly would be would like to do that. That's what he showed last year. He was able to keep, I think, 22 of the 25 guys uh, on red shirts, which you know bodes well for the future. Hey, uh, is Blake Andrews going to be a killer, or uh, what? Are they optimistic about him? I think so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know that he missed a little bit of time uh, in spring practice. I think he's he's a perfectionist, and and he might hold himself to a pretty high standard. And if he's not always at that 100 percent mark, he might get a little frustrated. Uh, but, yeah, they've got high hopes for him. You know, he had 25, 30 scholarships coming out of Marshall for a reason. Uh, so, yeah, they've moved him inside to guard. I think that's maybe a better fit. So, yeah, I would imagine that he's penciled in as a starting lineman, and, and the expectation is high. Andy, uh, the uh, home schedule is not real uh, conducive to uh, selling a whole lot of more season tickets than you did last year. Uh, you got uh, Iowa coming up here, and they'll. They, if I was I'm decent, coming. if I was decent, they'll have a big crowd. But man, the home schedule is weak. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it in front of me. What do they got? Like no, uh, they got Purdue. the three non-conference, and then they got uh, you know they got the Purdue Northwestern. Uh, they don't have any of the powerhouses this year. It's going to be a little. Uh, it's going to be a little tough to sell tickets unless you win a lot of games. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that they have going for them is the fact that they don't have any 11 a.m. kickoffs announced as of yet. So now that might help a little bit. But but yeah, I mean they go on the road for five of the nine Big Ten games, and you know they go to the um, they go to the horseshoe. I think that's going to be, you know, pretty challenging for them. They open it at Maryland in the Big Ten schedule, and and that's a winnable game. I mean, uh, Connor Rota was able to win there, so you know the expectation <laughs> is, is that hopefully they can do that again there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So uh, you also cover uh, United for the Pioneer Press. Got drilled uh, last night, four to one at. Uh, Kansas City, are they? I mean, they the roster is in such chaos with their injuries and stuff. Are they, is there a better base of talent here than there was last year, and they're just kind of beat up, or is it the same? You know what? It, it's better. I wouldn't say it's a whole lot better. I think they've you know made some improvements. You know, Darwin Quintero, their first designated yes. player. You know, he's he's an improvement, but I think overall there's still upgrades that that need to be made. And yeah, I mean, they lost four to one and. And in that first half, it could have been, you know, five or six to one. I mean, there were so many open holes that they had uh, in front of their back line to be able to allow Kansas City to be able to exploit them. And, and you know, it was kind of a perfect storm for them. I mean, Kansas City uh, had a poor result the week before, and Peter Vermees, who's been rumored uh, as the U.S. men's national team coach, the longest tenured coach in MLS, you know, really had their attention, and they came out in a, in a difficult place to play against a team that is, you know, established, that has a, a long-tenured coach, a, an academy, a USL system, and, and has been very successful and is at the first place in the West. So, you know, it was a difficult place to play, but, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for where Minnesota is. They're you know, pretty much at the same mark where they were last year.
it's not a bottomless pit financially here with ownership and uh to see the cost of the new stadium uh going up uh, uh by significant tens of millions makes you wonder uh, how much they're going to be able to spend on the uh market for designated players when they get in the new stadium yeah i mean you know the cost of the stadium went up just uh, a couple weeks ago from 200 to 250 and that's up from an original estimate of 150 yeah. million uh, so yeah, they're putting you know they're putting the, the focus on where things will be at the beginning of next year. But they're also able to see the impact of, of Darwin Quintero who has three goals, uh, I think, through six games here, and kind of how he's able to create some different things in the attack, and how getting players of that ilk is able to to increase the overall beneficialness of the of the roster. So I'd imagine that there's going to be one or two more. By the time you know next year opens, I don't think that there's going to be uh, maybe that type of level of signing yet this summer. They've, like we talked about before, they've got an opportunity to to bring in guys here later this summer, but I don't think it's going to happen at that point. Has anyone explored the possibility of Vic Veramontes being a soccer player? Maybe that would work out. <laughs> that might work out because he's used to having the ball on the ground. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> all righty, you can use that if you want to make somebody mad over at the university. Uh, I don't. I don't need that. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate it, Pat. All right, Andy Greeter, uh, the uh, Pioneer Press. Like everyone over there, he gets to cover two or three different beats. They, they're, they're lucky over there. They get to they get to, they get to work uh, expanding days. the portfolio. They get to work eight days a week. Uh, we'll be back. What do you think, uh, Johnny? You think that uh, Michael Kendrick? The uh, brother of our guy Eric thought the Browns had a better chance to win the Super Bowl yeah, than us. Apparently, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. He wanted to go to a winner. <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. He you two be. just can't help yourself. <laughs> it's all about uh, all about playing for a team with a chance. I guess. Okay. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. Napa Auto Parts has the expertise and parts you need to help you keep your car on the road, no matter how many miles it has. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. You really liked that one, didn't you? I did. You yeah. enjoyed that. Yes. Oh, thank you, Patrick. The twins <laughs> off today. Hey, by the way, my other uh, my other problem was soccer. Yeah. It's the standings. It's not a table. Okay, that's uh, that drives the me table. crazy too. It's the table. <laughs> I didn't there's, know we called it a table. Oh, they're sixth. They're sixth in the table. No, you're not. You're sixth in the standings. So <laughs> shut up. All right. Uh, twins are off today. They'll uh, play the White Sox in a doubleheader tomorrow. First game at a three ten. Uh, the second game follows immediately. I hope our guys got a day off instead of having the wives make them get involved in some fundraiser or some damn thing. Leave them. Let them. Let them alone. Let them go to the lake. Enjoy themselves. Yes. Uh, the Twins are calling up pitching prospect Zach Littell to start one game up, that doubleheader. Doogie, doogie, doogie. Littell has put up great numbers in the minor leagues. He's uh, rose, uh, rose. He's risen quickly through three different organizations. Originally drafted by Seattle, traded to the Yankees prior to the 2017 season. Twins got him in the Jaime Garcia deal. Interesting, oh, yeah. interesting this year. He started a double-A and was pretty much terrible. Yeah. And now he's been good in Rochester. Wait a minute. Which Jaime Garcia trade? Brumpum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the Yankees, they're the only day game today. They beat the Tigers 7-4 to in Game 1 of a doubleheader. Damn goose has lost two in a row now yeah. after being 4-0. Going to have to sacrifice that goose mm-hmm. here pretty soon. Now the next time it's going to be a goose dinner. By the way, how about uh, your your newspaper today with the uh, profile of the uh, last five Twins first-round picks? Mm-hmm. Not one of them has seen the major leagues yet. 
Oh, who are they? Name them. Come on, come on. You can do this. Well, last year is Royce Lewis, obviously. Yes, yeah. Then yeah. we had the Kirilov kid. Tyler, yeah, Tyler J. Tyler J. Nick Gordon, who's close. Nick Gordon is going to be there. Yeah. And your guy, Cole Stewart. Ooh. Yeah. Who's, uh, you know, he might be a Texas A&M quarterback in about two years. He might be a Chris Winkie. Chris Winkie part two. He might be in the Chris Winkie <laughs> timeline, yeah. The draft is tonight, the Major League Baseball draft. The Twins have the 20th pick. Uh, last year, you guys talked a little bit there about Royce Lewis. He was the number one pick, of course. Twins took some criticism about that, but it's worked out so far. He's playing for Cedar Rapids. It's going well. 297, 11 doubles, three mm, homers. Been a little coolish lately. He How's was Hunter Green doing? For a while. Yeah, I was just going to say. You were mad about yeah, Hunter Green. because yeah. cheap Paul Adds didn't want to pay yeah, Hunter Green. You know, that's... Yeah. Lewis, is, I didn't realize this. He turns 19 tomorrow. Yeah. So he's still 18 years old. <laughs> wow. God. Uh, one major league scout who saw him, I don't know if you guys saw this, compared him favorably to Derek Jeter. Ooh. Saying he sees a lot of the same qualities in Lewis. I had a nice little 10-minute conversation away from the crowd. Just just me and Scott Boris, big buddies that we are. <laughs> yeah. And he told me, and he wouldn't, we wouldn't have lied. There was no reason to lie about it, that Lewis was the right guy. Yeah. Both for dedication and uh, and what he brings to the table. Last year for Billings, Hunter Green in the red system uh, was 0-1 mm-hmm. with a 12.46 ERA. Well, uh, he didn't throw I'd that many I'd say innings. that would be a small sample size. Uh, this year, 2018, he is now with Dayton, the uh, Class A affiliate. He's 1-3 with a 6.32 ERA. So he's improving. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's learning. 31 Again, innings. it's uh, very early. It's very early. Very early. He's not. Hunter, you can always turn him into a hitter if you want. Well, I was just going to so. say, he did have 30 plate appearances last year, too, mm-hmm. at 233. Uh, Packers linebacker Clay Matthews. Oh, my God. Getting <laughs> surgery on his nose. Got hit in the face with a line drive during a charity softball game. Uh, the fellow that hit him. Uh, yeah, pa- Packers offensive lineman Lucas Patrick. Oh, really? It <laughs> yeah. was a, it was another Packer. I it, thought they were was. playing a bunch of uh, nobodies. So. No, it, it was Patrick who uh, Patrick. Uh, he did start two games for the Packers last year. Played in twelve totally. Mm-hmm. He's a guard, and he said he hadn't played baseball since high school. He just didn't want to look stupid. Wanted to put the bat on the ball. Mm-hmm. And so. thanks to Dave Harrigan, we have sound. Yeah, he got hit in the nose. I don't really know exactly what, what the deal is right now. I know he was in a lot of pain and he was, he was leaking a little bit, but uh, he was a tough guy because I would have still been on that ground right now. <laughs> he was leaking. But listen to the. Oh, oh the Packer fans not happy. Well, Clay, baseball and softball aren't as easy as they look, are they, Clay? Sorry if you mentioned it, Jenny, but where did they play the game at? Did you um, mention that? I did not mention that uh, because uh, I we, don't know. We, we don't oh. care. I don't know. Don't well, I was just wondering if they did it at Lambeau. You know, no, sell out. No, no, I don't think. Let's get them all. <laughs> not even those idiots would show up to watch Well, well. ESPN announcing today it's reached a multi-year extension with Doris Burke. She's been with the network since 1991. Under the new wow. deal, Burke will continue to serve as a regular NBA game analyst, and uh, she'll also work the sidelines for ESPN's NBA conference finals and finals coverage. She should be an analyst she, for the uh, NBA finals because. Damn, she's good. She's she was really good. Uh, she was runner up for uh, sports person of the day, but she got beat out by uh, Jamie Erdahl. So today, so <laughs> well, Morris, Jamie was well better. deserving. Yes. Of that. All right, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, sixty-nine. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Uh, Mr. Reavers, your alma mater, Minnesota State Mankato and St. Cloud State, 
and to some degree, Winona State have sort of been the powerhouses mm-hmm. in baseball in the Northern Sun. None of those have ever done what the Augustana Vikings did this weekend. What a story. They won the National Division II baseball title, farthest north any school that's ever won it. You're kidding. Yeah. Wow. I, I saw that. So Sioux Falls. And they it's played in Cary, North Carolina, which is a suburb of Raleigh, and it's been been there a long time. I've Home seen, of Mario McDonald, by the way. Oh, really? Mm. Cary, North I've Carolina. I've seen that ballpark. It looks really cool. Yes, it is. But a very, I bring this up, the Augustana Vikings, as always in all sports, a lot of Minnesota connections. Mm-hmm. I looked up the lineup of their team. Six Minnesotans in the lineup for the Augustana team. Oh, won. cool. Riley Johnson, Champlin Park. Sam Bear, uh, Springfield, Jordan Barth, Cold Spring. Of course, you got to have a sure, Cold Spring. You have to. Ryan Nickel, Moundsview, Lucas Berry, Simley, and Ryan Menson, St. James. And uh, the uh, Augustana, the coach, Tim Huber, Bell Plain guy. Yes. MSU Mankato yes. standout. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years at Southwest State as an assistant. And then, you know where he started his head coaching career? Dakota County Technical College. You're right kidding out me. Here huh? at the I didn't know Hughes was coaching that team. The, That's great. Did you know him? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's the coach. And he's been there now uh, eight, nine years. Hey, let's not. Years. You didn't. I don't know if you mentioned this, but he is a longtime Bell Plain Tiger, too, Patrick. You oh, better yeah. throw that well, in Bell there. Bell Plain is where he's uh, yeah. from. I, I said that. Dakota County Technical College, which has a the only really. D1 athletic program in Minnesota. They got basketball and they got uh, baseball. And the pitching coach, Mark Mariority, Simley, St. Scholastica, and pitched briefly for the St. Paul Saints. Hmm. And I also can't remember the name of the kid now they have, but also a third assistant, a grad assistant who was a Simley kid. So did they just kind of pop up? Because I hadn't heard that they were having this kind of success. Uh, That's pretty great. They're having a pretty damn good year. Good for them. I I looked on a roster, there's probably, you know, 30 kids and 15 of them are from Minnesota. Wow. Very uh, cool. Congratulations to the Augustana Vikings. Uh, Houston apparently uh, did not exercise its option to maintain a uh, regular PGA Tour event in Houston at this time of year. It appears that uh, Minnesota thus is in line, Hollis Kavner Pro-Link Sports, to end up with a uh, PGA event uh, next June at the TPC Twin Cities. They would have to undergo quite a renovation of the course out there to uh, make it playable. Uh, the week of June 6th through the 9th next year would be for, before the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, which might help them because people could be traveling west, right? What would hurt you is, you know, they could stop here and then they're on their way to Pebble Beach, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it, it might help them with the field. Uh, but Hollis uh, told uh, Tad Reeve from the Pioneer Press, I will, we will not comment on this until there is a formal agreement. Uh, uh, Jim Crane, who owns the Astros, Houston billionaire, big golf guy. He's, uh, what was the name of the golf course he built down in the Floridian he built in Jupiter? Supposed to be fantastic. Is putting together a group that hopes to host an event in the 2019 fall schedule. You can't get anybody to come out and watch golf in Houston in June. Crane told the Houston Chronicle the average temperature is 95 degrees. Uh, of course, we don't have that problem in the Twin Cities. 
Hey, we didn't give much attention to the fact that the Warriors uh, end up uh, taking a 2-0 lead uh, uh, in the uh, conference finals. Uh, once again, as we said, it's uh, kind of too bad that the uh, Cavs didn't win that opener because then we would have had a series. Now it doesn't look like much. It, you know, the Cavs hung in there. They were they had a chance going in the fourth quarter. What was the Kendricks, Perkins, Stephon Curry dust up? I guess at the Ken, end Ken, of the third Kendrick quarter. Kendrick would move his. Kendrick was yeah, sitting on the bench, right? Yeah, and he, he the, like wouldn't move his foot. And what? Steph like tripped over him or something. I don't know. It was at the end of the third quarter. When were, I think. He was going to inbound the ball or something. I think and, so. And, yeah. And Perkins, I think, it was in a suit. Suit, right? Not a. He's he hasn't dressed, yeah. but he yeah, was. Clothes, he was sitting there with his feet, and <laughs> and they had a, they went nose to nose, I guess, or face to face, or I don't know if Kendrick actually stood up, but uh, Has he that even was played? the big. I don't. I no, no, they him. signed him, but he hasn't played. Because uh, he was in street clothes, right? Yeah, he was in street clothes. He was in street clothes, but uh, see, more of the NBA, NBA controversy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they live on, they thrive on controversy, man. That's yeah. why that's uh, that's why it's the greatest uh, sport of all time, as far as creating. Much out of even when there's nothing really going on, Creating they can intrigue. create. They can create intrigue. Yes. Where's LeBron going to play? That's the only story. Cleveland. Not twenty minutes you after think he's this. Staying? Yep. Twenty minutes after the season ends, unbelievable. It'll be all over. He'll the do place. the parade thing again, where he'll take it. He's going to stay. I just, I, I'm still on on record. And saying uh, he's tonight, stay. Uh, the uh, game uh, four of the Santa Cup Finals. We all, as good Americans, are rooting for Washington, uh, the Caps, to beat that Sin City. Except for Will Reavers. Will Reavers likes the the Transformers. He likes the Transformers, yeah. Uh, Well, uh, you know, they got a couple of, they got a Minnesota connection. Sure. We got Niskanen and Oshie with the Caps, right? Yes. Yeah, that's good. I know Niskanen. I went up and did a piece when Virginia was coming down the state tournament. Oshie. Good, give him, give him, give him a cup. Well, he probably got a cup from someplace, right? Was he? Well, he was at St. Louis forever. Nah, he was, wouldn't have won a cup. So yeah. anyway, Niskanen, did he win a cup with Pittsburgh? Though wasn't he? I there can't for a remember while? if he was on one wasn't of those teams he there or not. While I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, John will be uh, focused in like a laser. That's for sure. Oh yes. I uh, I didn't see Wait. much of game three. I saw a lot of game two. Pat, we're nearly three hours into being on the air together, and we haven't addressed. Judd's, Judd's jump shooting. shooting. Yeah, we got to bring yeah, that his up. His Houston Rockets challenge. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> Collar got him. What he said that he could make one out of twenty-seven, right? Yes, because they when they missed twenty-seven in a row, the Rockets did. Yep. And so Collar, smart guy that he is, got him to go to a park. Do we know where the park was? I can't Somewhere remember. Somewhere probably in South Minneapolis. Collar lives over I think there. It must have been after like they did park. Saturday sports talk because it was. Yes. It looked like it was raining. And here Saturday. was Judge. First of all. He stood at the top of the key and threw the ball. Well, Collar should have told him, go down in the corner. It's close. Corner three, yeah. Yeah, it's like 15 it's the inches The best three-point shot in, in basketball, three yes. But Judd, I think, was hoping that he could bank one in by accident. But the first shot he took oh my was what? 15 <laughs> feet short? He 15 shot feet it like, short. He in- shot it like people shoot, and the ball barely got past the free-throw line, so then oh. he just started throwing them. Brutal. So even if he'd made one, it wouldn't have counted because it wasn't actually a shot. It was a heave. <laughs> but it was, uh, I, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, that 
I knew he wasn't an athlete, but my God, that was brutal. I told him after their show today, I walked up to him and I said, Judd, (laughs) I just want you to know one thing. He said, what? I said, as as low as I'll feel about Uh myself as a once former somewhat of an athlete, that I will have not fallen to that degree, where I'll watch that to make myself feel I better. I did. Uh, I did put out a uh, tweet with uh, <laughs> saying he should have not had his shirt on, like Dukes ah! in the, in semi pro when Dukes <laughs> heaved her in the moonshot. The moonshot <laughs> heaved it in from the. What was he going to win? Ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah, Ten thousand so, dollars. Yeah. Dukes. Dukes is uh, Judd. Dukes was a shooter compared to uh, Judd, that's for sure. Yeah, that was, I, I should have mentioned that. That was, <laughs> that was an embarrassment for the entire station. Oh, my God. That was terrible. Brutal. This guy's talking about sports. You know, <laughs> as my kid says, he loves Judd. He's dangerous when he talks either basketball or baseball. But he's, you know, football and hockey, go for it. You know, but uh, they should be a taser when he uh, starts giving us his basketball expertise. He's dangerous. Zap! We'll be back. Now, on the ride with Roycey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny, what's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is with Florida State baseball coach Mike Martin. Did you see this on Saturday? Unbelievable. Okay, so Drew Parrish, his pitcher, is pitching a gem for eight innings against Mississippi State. They have a a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay. 109 pitches. 109 pitches that Parrish threw. Well, they have a a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay. They come back out of the rain delay, and Martin leaves Parrish in the game, and here's what happened. And the pitch. And there's a ball in the air, deep in the outfield. Got a chance. Got a chance. Gone. Three-run homer. McNamee. McNamee leaping around the bases. Mississippi State. 39 years. 39 years yeah. he's been the coach there, and he's a complete jackass. Unbelievable. By all Two and a half hour rain delay. Yes. What was he thinking? He's, Even if the kid begged to stay in the game, you got to. He be, said the kid wanted the ball. Yeah. I said, well, what's he the kid going to say? He walked two guys and then gave up a three run home run to, to lose the game in their Couldn't season. Couldn't happen to over. a better guy. That's too bad. What do you got, Reavers? Uh, also, college baseball related. Shame on the Big Ten Network and ESPN for not figuring out a way to put the stupid gopher baseball game on TV. There, my tirade's over. Okay, that's yeah. good. <laughs> and here is my daily complaint. Next, quarterback. As you can tell, we need some quarterbacks coming in here. Well, we got one. Uh, Vic Veramontes. This guy's unbelievable. You talk about a leader who commands the huddle, commands his team. This guy is exactly that. His film makes you say, wow. Wow. <laughs> And it's a long, long tape. Not just a highlight tape, but everything else he does in terms of his game tape. And uh, this kid's a connector. You're really going to see that when he gets here. Very, very excited to get Vic in our program. And I'm very excited to announce him as part of our signing class. I uh, have very little observations, except I just want to tell Gopher fans this. Listen to that, and then remember, never believe another word you hear from this guy, okay? Okay? He can tell you it's Tuesday. Look at the calendar. Make sure you got it right, because don't ever believe a word this guy says. That's what he told you about a quarterback who I think he basically ran off, don't you? Because he realized he couldn't play. He was. No, you know what it was? He wasn't part of our culture. Oh, that's what we'll probably say. He wasn't part of our culture. Fitter culture. You know, you're all just a 
bunch of morons if you believe anything this guy says. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to be a, a complete bust, but he's completely full of dog poop, and you should uh, realize that after, after listening to this thing. What a fraud. We'll be back tomorrow.